Well, welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. This is uh, Rick Wirtz, founder and president of uh, Faithful Fathering. We thank you for joining us. Uh, Faithful Fathering is all about uh, encouraging and equipping you to be a faithful father. That is, a dad that prioritizes physical presence, is engaged emotionally, and leads spiritually by example. So that's what we're challenging you to this uh, in this podcast series, dads, is to step into those three tenets. And uh, before I introduce our guest, I want to make sure I just remind you to go to faithfulfathering.org and click on the for dads button to to see some of the vlogs the history of vlogs and studies that uh, are out there on our website available free of charge that uh, really complement a lot of the things we talk about during this podcast and as always this will be a very practical discussion that i pray blesses you and encourages you on the journey as a man husband and father the man husband and father you're called to be so in the studio with me again is matt hammersky welcome matt yeah glad matt, to be here Matt is uh, the the uh, pastor of Risen Nation Church and uh, is a husband and uh, father of Michael, a teenager, and uh, he wants to uh, just, he's here to discuss these three tenets. We've, uh, previous podcast, we talked about the prioritization of physical presence, and uh, we talked about being engaged emotionally. And here we're going to look at the leading spiritually by example. What what does that mean to you, uh, Matt? And uh, as a pastor, this is really unfair to other dads because yeah. they, some dads think, well, I have to be a pastor if I'm going to lead spiritually by example. That's uh, not the case. No, it? no, not at all. Um, I mean, leading spiritually, it really is. It's, it's setting your priority that your priority above everything else is to please the heart of the Father. Uh, that is number one to me. And if I am... What if, father? Uh, the father in heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, God the father. Um, but no, in following Jesus and showing the way that he walked out this of, of leading spiritually and of loving like the father loves uh, and, and again, being obedient to the father. Because even Jesus says, I only do what my father tells me to do. I only do what I see my father doing. And um, you know, so for us, it's the same for us. If that's for Jesus, then that's the same for us. It's the way we should be dependent on him uh, to lead the way and I think so spiritually is is that I just live to please the Father, um, my, my Father in heaven. And I'm, if I'm doing that, if I'm living what I like to call kingdom first, uh, then my marriage will line up. Uh, my children will line up. It, it, it will, everything else will fall into place when I have that priority set first, mm. is that I am, number one, my relationship with the Lord. I, I have found that if I am slacking in my time with the Lord, if maybe I've been distracted, um, you know, or I've been giving attention in other places where I don't need to be, I'll see my marriage begins to suffer. Mm -hmm. My communication begins to suffer. Mm -hmm. It really starts right there, and it, it almost sounds too easy, right? Like, like if you just do this first, everything else. But it really is. You know, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of these things will be added to you. How and, do you uh, do that? Um, by daily making number one before I even get out of bed, um, I begin to talk to the Lord. Mm. Uh, my first step is is thanking God. I start my day with gratefulness. Mm. That one, I've opened my eyes again. And another day you weren't promised. <laughs> yeah, another day, another day to uh, wreck the kingdom of darkness and continue building the kingdom of light. Uh, and so I just thank the Lord for my blessings. I, I get to roll over Mo most days. You know, if I, she hadn't already gone to work before me, which is a rare occurrence, uh, but is I get to see my beautiful wife laying next to me. Uh, so I just thank him for that. Uh, I have a Bible that sits right next to my nightstand. I just open it, um, open it to wherever. Honestly, I, at this point, I don't really, I don't really have a system. I just, I open the Word and I start reading. Mm. Uh, and uh, usually, I usually open to Psalms, Proverbs, read a proverb, a couple of verses in Proverbs, or verse in Psalms, and then I get up and start my day. Um, so you default to the middle of the Bible. Yeah, right? typically, <laughs> I just open the middle of the Bible and start reading. Uh, but as a pastor, obviously, my job. 
uh, lens to where I can spend, you know, I'll get up and usually my first thing I do is I go up to my office, I put on some worship music and I just seek the Lord. I just pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I start my day working on the different tasks that I have to complete that day, whether it's preparing a message, whether it's, um, reaching out, following up business side of things, or if it's, uh, literally going to a meeting, sitting down or showing up and recording a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. <laughs> so, uh, things like that. Uh, Glad you, you know. did that part. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I start my day off being in his presence, uh, yeah, and just connecting with him and allowing the Holy spirit to know that, Hey, you've got reign of my day. Um, if there's something I need to do, you know, let me know, or if there's, I'm open to uh, do whatever it is you bring in my path. You know, it was about 30 years ago that I was challenged by my pastor mm-hmm. to, uh, to read scripture. That mm-hmm. I, that's not something I said, wait a minute, I just read man-sized books, you know, <laughs> uh, small books. The yeah. Bible's pretty big. He said, yeah. well, start with man-sized pieces yeah. and man, uh, man-sized bites. And, uh, and he said, start with Romans and read all the way through Jude. Yeah, and just a chapter or so a day, just you know. And so, oh, yeah. so I started that process, uh, just getting up a little bit earlier and uh, and committing that time. And sure enough, as I read, then I would be uh, moved to pray, yeah, and moved to journal, uh, yeah. moved to you know just to continue that process. But uh, and I read through Jude, then go back and read the Gospels and Acts, and then go back to Genesis and read all the way through Revelation. Yeah. And it, that was a several year process because yeah. I wasn't speed reading, of course. But know. how? What would your recommendation be for someone that doesn't have a set? You know, you're just you just listed about five spiritual mm-hmm. disciplines: yeah. worship, study, yeah. prayer, uh, scripture, and and, yeah, uh, yeah. and 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 glorifying God. Uh, what would you? How would you encourage a guy that hasn't had any spiritual discipline? or any examples uh, to how would he get started? I mean, I would start small, just like what you said, uh, you know, reading. Uh, I mean, my, my walk with the Lord didn't always look like it does now. Uh, this has kind of been a progress over many years of just prioritizing that time and spending time with the Lord, whether it's in the scriptures, whether it's in prayer, uh, all of those things. Uh, I forget who said it. I think it was uh, I think it was Spurgeon uh, once asked what's more important if I pray or if I read scripture. And he said that's like asking what's better, breathing in or breathing out, right? It's like it's, it's all you need it all. Um, but as scripture goes, just like you mentioned, I'm not speed reading through it. That's not the point. You could read one verse of scripture mm-hmm. and then meditate on that verse for the rest of the day Boom. and really get something out of it because that's the way the Bible was written. It was written in such a literary style. Uh, you know, we're not even talking spiritually, right? We're saying right. literally in a literary style, it was meant to be written, to be meditated on, to be reread multiple times, mm-hmm. not just a quick pass. Mm-hmm. Um, now you do catch things, of course, as you read and, and things like that, but really it is meant to take your time. Mm-hmm. And so I think in our fast paced world, the way we're programmed, especially men, like we got to produce, we got to get things done. So even with our Bible reading, we're like, man, I read six chapters, bam, you know, and like, I'm, I'm out the, I'm out the door. I'm amazing. And yet you didn't glean anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you just read stuff and yeah. it didn't even stick. Whereas if you just read three verses and you really let that get down in your heart and you started walking it out, that's what the father's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's got you. Yeah. Man. You're doing well. Is there any, is there any verse that as you were doing your reading mm-hmm. early on that just boom, this is why this is, this has hit me. The, the, the book of James honestly is probably the, the book that really messed me up the most as far as I, I when I really started intent. I, and I say that because I grew up in church. So mm-hmm. I've been through the Bible multiple times in sermons, mm-hmm. like, and just sure. hearing it preached, mm-hmm. uh, in Sunday school, you know, and on all this thing, use services I've been through everything you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, But in my own personal reading, when I really started diving in 
you know, I feel like in just a deep way, right? Like of just personal study really to grow and really just, I wanted a desire to know God more. Mm -hmm. Um, James, when I read through the book of James, it just really messed with me. This idea of like, like he says, you know, uh, if you read the word and you don't do what it says, it's like you, you walk to a mirror, you looked at it and then you walked off and you forgot what you look like, you know, like it just, it, 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 like in these different images he would give or, um, you know, that he'd talk about uh, faith without works being dead, you know, and saying like that true good works are God works, right? Mm-hmm. It's you're in God doing it with how we talked in the earlier episodes in his strength, not in your own. Right. And then that is good works. Sure. And so like, and then James, the challenge again with the orphan. Yeah, you know, that true religion is taking care of the widow and the orphan, uh, the, the fatherless, and not allowing the world to corrupt you. Mm. Um, these small verses, um, actually, it was the first series I preached at our church. We did James verse by verse, went through the whole book. Fantastic. And that was, a, that was a radical series. And people were, it was so funny because people were going to be like, oh, this is so brilliant. This is so, you know, I'm like, I'm literally just working <laughs> through the Bible verse by verse. And people, it always blows my mind, but, you know. I like it when God does that. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's an easy win, man. Just read the Bible. Uh, so, uh, but, but in that, you know, you begin to kind of get these deep things. Um, and because the Holy Spirit will help you. You know, I always say the Bible is the one book you get to read with the author uh, while you have it open, you know, mm-hmm. is inviting the Holy Spirit. Um, so that's what I, I, okay, so tips, disciplines. I, I think... What really helped me is when I began to first pray, and I would literally ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me pray about today? Mm-hmm. And, and then when I'd open the Word, Lord, what would you have me read today? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then while I'm reading it, God, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. What <laughs> you, you have know? to say to me through this? Yeah, yeah, what are you trying to speak to me here that I'm reading? You know, and sometimes you just read those verses that it's like, oh, those Old Testament verses are like, and then they cut off all their heads, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's not applied for today <laughs> for me. <laughs> you know, But uh, in other senses, you know, it's just like I would get hung up on a verse, and it would just hit me. I think, man, I'm not really living this like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need to make a change. Right. And then, but not in my own strength, right. recognizing saying, Lord, I see I'm falling short here. I need your grace. I need your empowerment to, mm-hmm. to change. How did you, uh, you know, there's always distractions and what I reference mm-hmm. a lot of time as, as little g, little g yeah. gods that uh, are out uh, there idols, distracting yeah. you. How, wh- what would you say to a dad that says, you know, how do you recognize these things that are truly distractions and not complimenting what, what he's up to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, one, it, and it, like I talk about idols, uh, we did a series one time actually just talking about idols. That's mm-hmm. what the, it was. It was the title Idols. You and they are. weren't always just carving images. No, right? no, 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 <laughs> not hardly anymore today, actually. But they usually are just images. Yeah, it's, yeah. Images or things, uh, things that take your time. Thing, there's a thing like if there's something that you can't stop thinking about, that thing is an idol. Mm-hmm. If it's not God, mm-hmm. and so that thing that dominates. Now it doesn't mean you don't have a passion hobby. That's of course, you know, I believe those things come from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you have a passion for tennis, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of those are things to be enjoyed. But it's when you start letting other things suffer, so you can enjoy. A game of tennis, right? Or right, for right. instance, or my instance, if 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 I wanted to play music so bad that I'd be willing to put my family in jeopardy just so I could go play some shows, mm-hmm. right? That thing is now an idol. Sure. I've put it sure. before everything, right. and it's before the Lord because that's not what the Lord's called me to do. Mm-hmm. So I've decided, no, I'd rather do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing with relationships. Uh, you know, I used to tell this to our teenagers all the time. You know, when you say, "Well, I'm unwilling to wait." Right until I get married, you're you're telling God I prefer to enjoy pleasure now than instead of your will. Right. 
so the relationship this, you really have planned for me. Yes. Right. And, and so this thing is now an idol. Right. Uh, so those little things can creep up, and it's when they dominate your time. I saw a post actually the other day that said, uh, idols demand to be fed. Hmm. And so yeah. you can't, you know, you can't go very long without, you know, and so that's the other test is saying, these are, what are things that I can walk away from, right? And know that, I, like, there's things I enjoy doing. Um, I'm trying to think of one specific that could become an idol. Uh, like I said, video games. Mm-hmm. I, I used to love playing games. Sure. But those were things I, and I would, for months at a time, I would say, you know what? I've been playing these too much. I'm walking away from it. I'm not going to do it. Mm. And I wouldn't play it. And I would spend more time in the Word instead of playing a video game. Uh, and showing that that is not doesn't have a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Like I can walk away from it at any point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you've got other things where it's like when you can't, or it's such a struggle. Like you, you can't put it down. And God begins to put His hand on that, and you're like, oh, oh you know, and 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 He will, because the Bible tells us He's a jealous God, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and He does not like things being put before Him, mm-hmm. and He will shake them, <laughs> and tear them down, and so, uh, and in His mercy, you know, He'll He'll bring you out of it, but it, it sometimes involves a lot of messy shaking, and mm-hmm. that's, uh, yeah, I think many of us have been there. I know I have. Sure. Um, sure. So anyway, those are I think ways. So of do just you just sure. absolutely call it out? You know, if this was, uh, I'm rebuking this. Yeah. Uh, as a distraction? Yeah, I, I think I just, I'm honest with it uh, as far as praying about it. I say, Lord, um, you see this. You see this in my heart. Um, I've allowed this thing to take the place of you. Uh, I've come to it and um, put it as a priority. You know, I used to say we, we'd go through the Bible, you know, and the hot topic, especially years ago now, it's not so much, but it was drinking, right? Like drinking alcohol. I say, well, I don't believe in that, or you shouldn't know what does the Bible say about it. But to me, the way I always tell people is like, look, I'm not going to tell you if this is a sin or not a sin, because one, the Bible doesn't say that having a drink is a sin. But I will tell you, if you go to that drink to find peace, if you go to that drink to find joy, if you go to, like, you can't have fun without it, you know, that's becoming an idol. Right. Because God wants you to find that in Him. Right. And so... The Word says don't be under the influence. Yes, don't be under the influence. Yeah. And so, but... but, The influence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. Be influenced by... And all all those things in which you can, you know, again, this debate still rages on. Sure. uh, But at the end of the day, it's where are you getting your fulfillment? Right. Because if it is something that you have to have to be able to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And at what point do you become under the influence? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, again, you can sit here and, and yeah, measure yeah. it out. But like, and man can <laughs> rationalize all kinds of things, right? Yeah, yeah. and so I, I think, you know, the big thing is, is if again, if it's something I can't get away from, I recognize, hey, it's an idol. And I even bring out to God, I say, God, this is an idol to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm laying it down. I, I'm, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm walking away from it. You are all I need. Jesus is enough for mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And um, and so just being again being honest that's that's how my prayer life has always been I feel like it's just being honest like God I'm a mess mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like oh I need your help like right. whoa <laughs> like you know you start to see that's why I think in probably that search my heart oh Lord right you know like because I don't even know it right. right like it's deceptive and its tendencies are wicked and so like I need your help yeah and I think you know, with, particularly with all the entertainment that's available today whether it be on the internet or on television or whatever you just got you get to the point where you're just kind of getting uh, bombarded with oh, yeah. with all this stuff and and I I love one of my favorite pastors is Alistair Begg he's mm-hmm. a Scotsman he's a pastor in Cleveland Ohio and uh, he has Truth for Life on the radio on KHCB 105.7 FM here in Houston. And uh, But he always says, you know, if we would spend uh, 
uh, you'll spend less time watching the news and watching uh, all this other stuff and more time in Scripture. Mm. We'd be a lot better off than oh, if yeah. we were just completely, you know, we spend not enough time in Scripture and a lot more time in, in all this other yeah. stuff, what I would call the little little G-gods. Oh, yeah, the things that creep up. And, uh, you know, it says uh, you watch for the little foxes and spoil them. And, you know, all those kind of things that kind of creep mm-hmm. in. And mm-hmm. before you know it, I loved when they came out on, uh, you know, our phones. That's a big thing. A phone for many people is their idol. Absolutely. You got to have your phone. And mm-hmm. I think as a society, we have. We mm-hmm. talk about a detox, right, mm-hmm. of leaving. Like, have you ever thought of it? Like, I, I've, I remember I, uh, the, this was months ago, but I was like, oh, I thought I lost my phone. I was like, oh, my God, I got to find my phone. All right. you know, I was like, I can't go anywhere. You know, like, I've got to find my phone. Mm-hmm. And it's like the whole world stops. And I'm like, wait, is this right? Like, is this like, you know, and, and begin to ask myself this. And, and then when they came up, that screen time that tracks your screen time of like where you've spent all your time, mm-hmm. that convicted me so bad. Wow. I remember over my phone and being like, Facebook was like the, the dominating thing. And I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm spending all my time on Facebook. Wow. And so one thing I, I, I challenged myself to do was anytime I would open a social media app, Instagram or Facebook, I would then open the Bible app and read some scripture. There you go. So do both. So that way on my balances, it had, and I wanted it to reflect that. And you might think, oh, that's just striving. But no, that's a, that's a discipline. That's yeah, saying, yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure that yeah. I am spending more time in the Word of God mm-hmm. than I am on any other social sure. media app. Sure. And sure. now I can actually track it. So yeah. <laughs> like... As a, as a spiritual leader in the home, yeah. how important is it to lead the way to church? Very important. As a pastor, I can tell you when the father is in church, the entire family is in church. There you go. Um, mothers will go and be in church, and you do. You find more women uh, typically uh, tend to be more spiritual in the sense of, like, they want to be a part in church. They're open to it, whereas men typically are, you know, kind of like, eh, I'd rather go fishing or I'd rather go do this or that. Uh, and so you have women in church, but the, the kids sometimes are with them, right, when they're little. But as they get older, the dad's not in the church. Then it starts to be like, well, why do I have to go to church? Yeah. Uh, and so even speaking of that, my dad, right, my mom, my dad was not saved. And so he didn't really go to church Sunday mornings. He would just drink his coffee. And I remember being little. We were all going to church. But one thing he did say, I remember, I remember one Sunday I was like five or six. I was like, well, why are I going to church? Dad ain't going to church. Right? Throwing a fit. I didn't want to go. Uh, and my dad, he was like, he's like, you will go to church. Like it was like. Like, so, so he didn't just take the, oh, well, yeah, he was very supportive of my mom and that, mm-hmm. but he just didn't go. Right. But when he started going, it was like, then it that was hold. a big change yeah. for everybody. Uh, so, yeah, it's very important. There's a study years ago that said uh, when mom leads the way to church, kids will stay in the faith about 8% of the time. Yeah. When a youth group uh, engages a child, mm. uh, they'll stay in the faith about 30% of the time. Mm. When dad leads the way to church, it's 93% of the time yes. kids will stay in the faith. Yeah. So dads, I want you to hear that, how uh, powerful uh, your your influence is. And uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's a reason our Heavenly Father shares the moniker Father mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. There's an inherent power oh, yeah. that can be used for good and can be used for bad. Absolutely. But uh, that's, our, that's our challenge is to, uh, to lead the way and provide that leadership, not just, uh, just on Sundays, but also between Sundays. You know, what, what do you do to uh, uh, incorporate Scripture or at least spiritual discussions around 
cultural, you know, what, what's happening in oh, the yeah. culture today. Yeah, we, uh, a lot of times my son comes home from school um, and he will tell me, yeah, we talked about this today. And they mentioned, and, you know, of course, right now, gender, all that stuff is being pushed. That's just not biblical. Uh, and so he said, well, yeah, I said, you can have multiple potentials, all that kind of stuff. And he was even saying it to me, like, I don't think that's right. He was kind of was prefacing that. He's like, but, and then I began to explain to him. I said, well, in the beginning is the way the Bible explains it. You know, God created male and female. And I said, and so we began to talk about, okay, well, what is, why are people, you know, dealing with this? What's the struggle? And I began to share with him, you know, you've got so many different reasons of why, but identity is a big thing of it. It's, you don't know who we are in Christ. And so we're lost. And so the world, anything it tells us, we try to grab onto it and just, you know, that's where we're finding our identity from. Uh, Idols, as you would say, putting our identity in things. And, um, you know, so we do have those conversations regularly because he'll just talk to me about things he's heard in school. And he knows, like, because of all the times we've talked about the Bible, he'll ask me questions often about God or something maybe he didn't understand he heard in youth or he heard in something. And he'll come, of course, and just ask me. Uh, and we'll have conversations about it. Uh, the other way I do it is, you know, I'm, I'm such a Bible nerd. Like, I just find things that I think are so cool, and I immediately want to go tell my wife about it. And so, like, I'm telling her, and, of course, it's like, you know, it might be in the middle of the night, and she's like, okay, I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not in the headspace to talk about this. I'm like, let me tell you what it says in the Greek. And she's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, so, uh, but I am constantly talking about those things. Uh, now, granted, it kind of lends itself to what I do. Um, but like at the dinner table, you know, we'll bring up uh, something going on in culture. You know, maybe my wife will say, did you see what happened on the news? Or did you see the latest political thing? Or did you see? And again, he'll ask questions. We'll talk. And then we'll always bring it back to, okay, but this is what the Bible says. And this is where, as us as a family, this is where we align. I don't care what law is passed. I don't care what they say. This is what we follow. Right. And so that's a conversation that usually happens at the dinner table, which we eat dinner together typically almost every night. We try to. Huge. Uh, sitting at the table together, I found, is that's where the majority of the conversation takes place. We make sure we pray before we eat and thank the Lord right. uh, for everything he's given us. Um, and then I've, I've, I've messed with Michael a few times. He starts to dinner, and I'm like, oh, is that good? And I'll look at him, and he'll go, He'll put his fork down, and then he'll, he'll just put his hands up, and he just immediately starts to, Lord, thank you for that. He just starts praying because he knows now he has to pray because he's dived into food. Uh, so those little things, you know, just again, I think it goes back to your, your first principle, physical presence, you know, but letting your kids see you follow Jesus. Right, right. And as a father in the home, if I'm leading and I show my kids that being in the house of the Lord on Sunday is the priority, then as they grow up, you know, that's made a huge impact on them. Say, hey, look, I, I, don't get me wrong, I love baseball, I love all those things, but when that starts really interfering with being in the house of the Lord, it's not as important. Right. And right. so that's set by the Father. Sure. Um, and I think dads, and it's, it's a work of the enemy, you know, it, it's, it's dads don't realize at times that if they would lead spiritually, even if they don't get it all right, right. but if they're just making an effort, it, I mean, there are waves that goes through their entire family. Right. That's such a big deal. Um, and, you know, and I've seen that in men of our church is they start coming and they used to tell me, they'd be like, man, I used to not really care about church. I would just come because my wife really wanted to be here. But now, like, I'm the first one out the door. Yeah. I'm here earlier because I'm helping volunteer. And then my kids are now coming with me earlier because they just want to be with me and they want to help set up or they want to help whatever. And it's like, they're like, they're literally like, my entire family has changed. Right. And, and that, that's beautiful because I, you know, it goes back to what you said initially was uh, spending that time in Scripture. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a master's in theology. No. You spend time in Scripture and you see very quickly that 
you, you know, what had helped me, uh, you know, I've been through several different translations and uh, what have you, but, you know, this, just the first time through introduced me to the biblical worldview of the way to see things. So yeah. when you have the uh, gender issues or whatever, then you just immediately say, hey, Genesis 1, the dads, this is a lesson for you. This this isn't a, a rocket science. Genesis one twenty seven says uh, he made us in his image, male and female. There are two sexes, two genders, male and female he yeah. made us. There is marriage between a man and a woman, Genesis 2.24. Yep. And then uh, Malachi 2.15, why one? For the sake of raising godly offspring. So he yeah. pretty well sums it up. There's a biological lesson, an emotional lesson, a marriage lesson, and a, a family lesson yeah. right there. And uh, while the world may say something else, yeah, uh, and, they will. and and and, but it also there's uh, there you know when when scripture isn't. Uh, uh, when the child pushes back against scriptural scriptural point of view, there are other you know you can find other resources as well. And yeah. uh, on the you know the latest book I've seen on the whole gender issue is written by not a not a uh, theologian or even a Christian, yeah. but uh, she uh, her name is Deborah So S O H, mm-hmm. and it's uh, the end of gender. Yeah. And she, as a doctorate of sexology, mm-hmm. she nails it. Yeah. Uh, and and so you know, and as Christians, of course, we you know, the, everything has to be an extreme. You hate it or you affirm it, and mm-hmm. and we do neither as Christians. Yeah. We are here to honor and love. Yeah. Right. Just like uh, it, that's that's what we have to figure exactly. out. Exactly. And I, and I think that's something I back to that point of what you're saying a biblical worldview, and even walking through our church with this. I just we just did a series called God in the Human Body. And we really addressed cultural hot topics just straight up and said, this is what the Bible says about it. So if you are a Christian, this is what you believe. Right. It doesn't matter what the world's saying, right? But then to say that, it would say, okay, because we believe this, we believe in, uh, like the sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. We believe in this because we are created in the image of God that is not a quality, that is a status. Right. And is given to us at conception. Right. And so because of that, every life is valuable, whether they are disabled whether they can't do any physical function, they are still valued because they're created in the image of God. Amen. And and so because of that, that means even people who don't have that view, they were still created in the image of God. Right. So even though I can stand up for what's right, I still respect them and I still give them dignity because they were still created in the image of God. If I run into somebody who's transitioning, right, even though I believe that they are very, very mistaken, they are headed in a very dangerous direction, Still, I give them respect. I love them. I honor them. Right. But I still stand up for truth because ultimately they're still created in the image of God. Right. And and we all uh, fall short. I mean, Romans oh, yes. 8, uh, yes. uh, uh, 3.23, <laughs> we all fall short of the, the glory of God. So, yeah. but just, you know, I come from a family where there's five divorces, mm-hmm. but not one of my sisters would and want their children to grow up in divorce. Yeah, of course. So the design of marriage is still very real. Oh, yeah. The design of God is still the ideal. Yeah. We all fall short, but that doesn't mean we discount the design. Yeah. So that's what uh, that's what you're laying out when yeah, you yeah. have those scriptural those uh, discussions between Sundays around culture, bringing scripture, being bringing that biblical worldview in to discuss what the current culture may be dealing with. So, uh, and and finally, uh, Matt, share how you reflect your personal relationship with Christ in the home. Um, so I mean, it, it's I mean, it's everything. I, you you can't it, it's in every part of my DNA of who I am at this point I mean everything I do I reflect and say okay is this is this Christ like mm-hmm. right is, and if not 
I, why am I doing it? And, and I need to make a change. But not only that, just the way I treat my wife. Uh, because for my son, right, he grew up in an atmosphere where women were disrespected, mm-hmm. treated like property. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so in, in my life, I try to make sure, even when me and my wife are having a disagreement, um, that I'm being respectful, that I'm being loving, that mm-hmm. I'm being Christ-like, uh, because he watches me. Sure. And so he sees how I treat her. Mm-hmm. And that shows him, and even that, he knows the quickest way to make me angry is to disrespect my wife. Mm-hmm. And so like that is, is you know, so he, he gets that. And so I'm trying to model these things for him. And so with Jesus, it's the same way. You know, he'll come into my office and I'll be praying or I'll be worshiping. And I don't care. Like I, he'll walk in and, and he'll be like, oh, and I'll say, oh, yeah, you're good. What's up? You know, I'll stop and talk to him. I might be in a meeting with somebody. He pokes his head and he's like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, oh, it's cool, man. Come in and meet, you know, so-and-so. Or, or they, if it's a pastor in our church or another staff member, they're like, Michael, what's up? You know, so he immediately comes in. And so he's encountering all these people who love Jesus. And the one thing he's seeing with all of them is they're all kind. Mm. Mm. You know, and, and so he knows that. Or they, he needs something. They're there for him. Cool. They're faithful. Mm-hmm. And so building that community around of like, he'll even ask, hey, are we going to community group this week? Mm. You know, or hey, are we going to be, you know, or like, oh, I've got youth service. Now he tells us when he's got youth service. We got youth service. I got to be there. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll take you. We'll get you to youth service. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, you know, Sunday morning, hey, I want to go to, you know, sometimes when, uh, you know, my wife, um, she's been, she's actually the last couple of months, she's been sick off and on with different things, allergies. She gets real sick here and there from allergy seasons and stuff like that. Sure, and, sure. and so she won't be going. So, you know, she'll be like, yeah, I'm not going to make it this morning. So immediately she tells me that. And then Michael's immediately texting me, hey, can you come get me? Like, I don't want to miss church, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Like, yeah, but I'll come back and get you. And so it, those kind of things of living in a mountain in front of him and just showing that. Um, last little example, I saw there was there was this, uh, we were going to one of his therapy appointments and we were at Herman Memorial and there was a guy that was doing the valet car service and this lady came out and her car hadn't come out yet. And we're standing, me and Michael both standing there and she just gets very, very nasty with the guy that's, doing the valet and of course he has no control over it he's telling mm-hmm. oh ma'am i'm sorry and i mean she's in his face and she is screaming i mean just horrible and i'm looking and i'm like and you know it was it was just like oh you, you know like goodness and and michael's looking at the thing and like he's like oh my gosh what is her problem and so I, I i i stopped him and i said look that is never okay never i said i don't care what anybody's done to you it is never okay for you to act like that mm-hmm. i said i said you can you can tell somebody you're not happy with something and still honor them and respect them. Mm-hmm. And then I said, now watch what we're going to do. And so he, she walked off. And you could see him. He just turned around. He was like, oh, my gosh. You know, he just put his head down thinking he had just gotten reamed over mm-hmm. something he couldn't control. Sure. I walked up to him. And I, I handed him handed him cash. I said, because he had got my car. And I handed him cash. And I said, I said, brother, you're doing a great job, man. Thank you. There you go. And 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 he just, and Michael looked at me, looked at him. And then and he just smiled. He's like, thanks, man. And you could just see him. I got in my car and I showed him. I said, that's what it looks like. There you go. You know, and so those little moments where you can teach, teach, yeah. show them. And, but, and, but when you blow it, come back and repent. Just yeah. let them know because yeah. you will. Be You'll mess real. up. Yeah. yeah, be real. <laughs> well, I hope you heard, the, again, the great words of wisdom from Matt here the, this morning or this in this podcast session. So I thank you for your time and, and devoting the time to listen here. The, the message to take away is uh, certainly one of the most important relationships that uh, in our lives or as our marriage and yeah. uh, but it's a direct reflection of our relationship with Jesus the Christ and how yeah. we live that in the home is what our kids catch they yeah. see what we do so dads you know 
uh, if you've been involved or uh, in, in contact with faithful fathering, kids are going to catch what dad has. Okay. The challenge is to make sure that what you have is worth catching. Amen. And so, Matt uh, Hammerski has shared some great things for your kids to catch that are certainly worth catching. So, uh, Matt, thank you again for the time. Uh, thank you for having and, me. And my dad's uh, keep it up. Uh, keep focusing on prioritizing physical presence, engaging emotionally, and leading spiritually by example. God bless. Godspeed. Yes.